Yes. However, they didn't have all this drama. At least they didn't feed off of it. You know, you can't. There is no, it was no drama between a Britney and a um, Christina Aguilera. Now, no, when no, you no, 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 hold it, hold it. I'm not gonna let you do that because we still are accountable for some of the drama that takes place. Cardi, not Cardi. Um, what's the chick name? Nikki and Little Kim. Hey, y'all. <laughs> hey. Um, so Alexis and I, um, we go way back. Um, we used to work together a long time ago, and that's how I met her, and we've always stayed in contact. Um, and I've been watching her for a very long time with her businesses and things like that. So I've personally seen it to where I, I know the story. I'm going to let her tell it, but I know how the idea came and what motivated and inspiration behind it. So I saw when it was just nothing, you know, it was just an emotion, I guess. And I've seen her build. And I just think that um, her business, which she's an event, in, uh, an event planner, you don't see that a whole lot um, in the African-American community um, as far as weddings go. And so I thought that she would just be perfect because I'm sure it's other people out there who, you know, want to do that. And I think she's just a perfect example. So Alexis Robinson is her name. And um, she is the owner and CEO. Wait a minute, I'm married now. I'm married now. Oh my goodness, Alexis. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kayla. Yes, um, <laughs> Alexis Goodwin is the name. Yes. <laughs> um, and her business is. He's trying to get her in her trouble. I'm serious, man. Don't end up calling the show. <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm so used to Robinson, but okay, I should be used to uh, Goodwin now. But um, a good event planner and design is her business. And then she also has a blog that she has full control of. And that is, um, is it, what is it again? A Amore Bridal? No, Black Amore Bridal. Black Amore Bridal. So mm -hmm. um, Alexis, go ahead and open up. Um, I guess one of the first questions that I would like to know is um, how this all started from the blog to the business and you know, how it all started. And we're going to, um, I know that we all have questions, but um, I guess where it all started and what was the inspiration? Let's start there. Okay. So um, again, my business is a good event planner. Um, how it started off, it actually started off with the blog, Blackamore Bridal, because like, I love, love, I've been married for three years. So um, after I got married, I was like, you know what, let me just start. The hardest thing for me was finding black vendors in Detroit. So um, I'm like, let me start connecting other brides to other vendors across Detroit so they can get that opportunity to meet people. That's how a lot of brides find vendors is on Facebook. So I use that opportunity to connect brides to um, to vendors in Detroit, like videographers, photographers, et cetera. So um, I've always wanted to do wedding planning I'm sorry, I have one quick question in between uh -huh. that. You said that you had a hard time looking for black vendors. So when you were mm -hmm. um, doing your vet, your wedding, when you were planning it yourself, you wanted to support um, black owned small businesses, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yes, all my vendors in my um, wedding was black vendors, except for the venue. So, but everyone okay. down to the food was, was all black vendors. Okay, Florence that was a black struggle. Vendor, DJ, it was a struggle. Wow. I just, I think it's just a platform that we don't have, like, a, like you know, for other cultures, we don't have that platform. So I just wanted to build that platform for Detroit people. So, and I get all this, I get tags all the time. I like, still like photographers tag me in this, put me out there, put me out there. But of course, COVID slowed me down. So with that, I kind of connected. Um, a good event planning because I still wanted to do event planning but I just didn't know how to put my name out there so I kind of use that as the backstory to put that out there and then with a good event planner it's just hard to get clients so what I did was I 
built my own table and built my own chairs. And what I mean by that is I created my own event. And that's when I started off with the Mother's Day brunch event. And mm -hmm. I used that opportunity to pass out my cards and pass out, like show people what I can actually do as far as making my own event. And then it literally just started taking off like right yeah. there. It went off so fast. It's kind of scary. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. That, I, that's how you know something is oh, meant for you because it yes. just you know, it just happened, you know, God did the rest of it. You kind of started mm -hmm. and, you know, the rest just happened. So that's, that's amazing. I remember the Mother's Day brunch, um, Fierce Passions was a vendor. Yes. And I could not believe that you had done it, everything on your own. Like I, mm -hmm. and not that I was, you know, surprised, but it was just a lot of work put into it, mm -hmm. finding the vendors and, you know, letting people know where to go and just everything. And that's something that you had come up with. And I remember thinking like, man, that is definitely someone that I could trust running an, an event. Cause I know event planning isn't for me. I'm not that organized, but for you, it's like, man, she really had yeah. everything down. Shut up Garrett. She really had everything, <laughs> you know, down packed from, you know, the guests and when they show up to the vendors and just everything. And it was a beautiful event. Thank you. Well, now yeah. I'm trying like, oh yeah, sorry. No, you're gonna say I got a question. So yes. with, with the area, um, and I know a lot of weddings have been pushed back and things like mm -hmm. that, and being that you're kind of like this resource for Detroit, um, how has COVID impacted your business? Like, have you had to re-strategize and, mm -hmm. and things like that? Or like, can you, can you kind of talk about that a little bit? I'm just going to say the money has not stopped for me. Like, oh. I'm still... <laughs> the people are still booking their events i'm like the first one i got was in may for july of next year people can you do my event for next year now what i will say i only had one wedding for this year but they all got pushed out for next year but i'm still getting increase for next year in 2022 so people wow. are still going to spend money. They're still spending money during COVID. So I was kind of scared. I'm like, oh my gosh, everything is at a complete halt. Like I'm not doing anything. But people, okay. inquiry is still coming in. Bookings are still coming in. So I'm like truly blessed for sure. Okay. Well, so, so you're like a hot his... commodity there. You said what? It? I said you're a hot commodity there. Yeah, really? Right now, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right now and forever. Like, let's just put oh, that yes, out there. Hopefully forever, yes. <laughs> Okay. I have a question. Um, how did you, because with, with everything happening with COVID, nobody really knew the extent of where this thing would go. So when you had these weddings planned for 2020, how, how did you as an event planner, as, as the event, uh, event planner of this wedding, somebody who's I'm sure trusted by that bride, mm -hmm. did you come up with that decision to push back the wedding? You know, did, what, is that what you did as far as your business goes or was it per wedding or per bride or how, how did you handle that situation? It was definitely per wedding. So, and you know, this started off in March. So when I, when it first happened, I'm like, okay, let me take a break. I took a week off. I didn't contact my bride because I'm pretty sure everybody blowing their phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, are we doing this? Are we doing this? So I kind of stepped back for a week and then I just started contacting my bride. So I thought this was going to be like a two week thing. Like we're going to be back. <laughs> Me too. And then I went, yeah. my main bride was like, can we do this? I'm like, we got this. We're going to do it. And then I'm like, when April came, I'm like, we don't got this. We can't do this. <laughs> of course, I didn't say that to her, but I just kind of yeah. just, um, I just persuade them to postpone to next year. I couldn't do it with one of my brides. That's what the one I did for July, July 30th. She was like, it's either all or nothing. So we literally had to change the 220 guests to a hundred guests. So wow. it was just cutting, cutting, cutting down, cutting. She said she was my, she was my tough bride in a good way. Cause she talked, she, she trained me to just keep handling all these changes. Of course, with all the planners in Detroit, we this has never happened to none of us. And then with me being kind of the newbie, I'm like, whoa. But um, she was one of those people who was like, all or nothing. Like, I'm not doing this. If we can't do it this year, I'm not doing it. So we haven't wow. um, having it in July. Yeah, all white wedding at, at the War Memorial. Wow. Yes. Well, good question. Uh, yes, 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 sir. Just off a general question. Has anyone approached you about doing a virtual wedding? No, I hope they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm hands on. Like I, I like to touch stuff. I like to be there. Like the now the wedding I did do was part virtual, part 
in person because again it was 220 people we went down right. to 100 so we literally hired the um what was it it's not virtual um like it was live streamed we hired live that stream. person we, yes it was high they were hired one week before the wedding okay yeah that, that would be considered virtual i mean because you got your you, you have the group there and then you have people that can tune in live stream that, that yeah and a lot of people yeah. tuned in yeah mm -hmm. so that's that's you know because i know that might be the new way that might be well that's what that's why i mentioned it because of everything that's going on with COVID. a lot of people now are doing a lot of you know they have a small gathering and then everybody else is kind of like tuning in whether it be mm -hmm. yeah. you know live stream or you know zoom they're just doing a lot of different things so i was wondering has anyone approached you about doing that nope yeah. nope don't do it <laughs> <laughs> I, man i'm really hoping that we it doesn't get to that point for these types of events i'm hoping that like we're learning how to take precautions, you know, and we're just, you know, staying away from each other, not getting too close, wearing masks. Brand so hopefully it doesn't them. get to that point. So that uh, yeah. is a big mess. But I'm so glad I mean, that it you're ended doing up being, the wedding I had during the pandemic. That um, it wasn't at the peak of it, but it was when it when it started coming down. We were taking precautions yeah. and like something else that you can add on to the things that you do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, let me ask this. Let me, let me ask you this. So, with event planning, you plan it down from from what? Like, what goes into like? Oh, because you know, I've never had a wedding or anything. So, what actually goes into like wedding planning? Do you go with them to like the bridal shop and? You know mm -hmm. all that. Did you hook, you hook up and decide what they gonna wear down to what they oh, gonna no. eat and all that? <laughs> so I don't do. Um, I'm not a uh, a stylist like a wedding okay. stylist. So I don't do the dressing the dress part of it. But if they came to me and said, Alexis, I want to wear an A line dress. Do you know a wedding shop that can do this? Okay. I literally have like a rolodex of people in my mind. Like, oh, I know a person that can do this. I know a person that. So me as a planner, I'm doing the logistics of it. And okay. when it comes to the design part of it, I'm more into the floral design. So I'm really hands-on with the flowers and um, the, if they want balloons or anything of that nature. But like I said, as far as planning goes, I have like a Rolodex of people. So for instance, with my last client, she wanted like a flower wall. Oh, I know Detroit flower wall plug there. Um, she does she does flower walls. So and um, we put we brought them in like a week before the wedding as well. No, actually like three days before the wedding because she just came to me and said she wanted a flower wall. So I knew her. I have a question. What if you have like a close friend or family and say, you know, they're trying to, you know, save money and but they know that you know all of these vendors and they're like, you know, what if they have a little party and they say, Hey Alexis, do you have a flower vendor that you can give me? How do you handle that situation? Because people should be paying for your services. You've mm -hmm. done all the, the legwork, you've you know done, you've educated yourself about these vendors. How do you handle that type of thing? Or do you just oh, give it out for free? <laughs> oh. I, don't, I don't know them. <laughs> don't know that's them. the hard part about doing it. And like James is like, don't do it. I'm like, oh, I'm and then like people will come up to me and say like i have a, a in-law who's like she wants to get married in jamaica and i'm like at the at our uh, family birthday party i'm like girl if you need any help let me know and now i'm getting like ten thousand messages a day like do you know this do you do this? do you know that so i need to learn say right no. now yeah to say no to separate myself from business and friends and family yeah. members so i can make money because people are paying me money Huh? What'd you say, Gooch? You need to charge a consultant fee. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So seriously. Yeah, like seriously. Like anytime. So, and not to take away from you, but any, my dad's oh. in the music business. So anytime mm -hmm. that somebody calls him, like from the family or whatever, he's like, I can give you a few tips, but if you want a consultant on the project mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever, my fee is X, Y, and Z. You right. And saying? I do that for people who aren't my families, but my family's like, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get you this. Uh, I know who can do that. We'll do this. And it's like, oh, my God. Hey, I'm, I'm but Alexis, if you had a product that you were selling to them, well, you wouldn't just let them come in and take the product, right? You would still charge something <laughs> for, for it. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I just... You need to have a family fee. I mean, you need to have a family fee. <laughs> you know, I get it.
it if it's like a family fee, a family discount. A family but I, think I, do, like, I do do a family, like if it's a full blown like event, like yeah. But, but what when if it comes it's, to like, if they came to me like I need a florist, and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, here's my florist. But so this, I, I think doing you should that. do this. Like maybe you can say something like, okay, I'll give you this. Um, but if you need anything else, I can help you out from here moving forward, and I'll give you a discount um, because okay, your family, yeah, and right. this is the fee. You know, because I, I, how can you ask me for something free? Right. That's just, exactly. I, I don't. I would never expect that. So like I, people, I like I made good. these shirts. I made these shirts, and people are asking for these shirts, and I I'm love like, that and then people are like, "I'll pay for." It. I'm like, "You'll pay for this?" Like, oh my gosh! Like, okay, I don't know. I guess I'll get. <laughs> I was just gonna pass them out, but if you're gonna pay for it, um, yeah. I just have, I just have such a passion for it. But then I still have bills to pay, so I'm definitely yes. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I learned my lesson a long time ago with dealing with family. I mean, and I love my family, but I know uh -huh. my family didn't get anything for free. They're gonna get it, so that's why I came up with my little friends and family fee. So that way, I I can make sure that I'm getting my money. And plus, you got contacts. You don't want to turn your family members on to some of your contacts and then run your contacts the wrong way. Yeah, and my vendor list is solid now. So I cannot, those are my forever vendors. So I can't mess that up. But yeah, you're definitely right about that, James. Yep. Like when, when you say your vendor list is solid, what does that mm -hmm. mean? Like how did you how did you come about to have, you know, these trusted, I'm assuming solid means trusted. Mm -hmm vendors and how did you come about making that list or creating that type of list it's all uh, for me i'm not a shy person as you guys can tell like i literally just go to people like hey let's have coffee let's meet and if i don't vibe with that person i automatically just like okay i'm never gonna call them again or i do these yeah. things called style shoots so i do a lot of promotional shoots for my business i do it once a year um i try to do it twice a year but that's too much but um i do shoots every year and i invite people in detroit um for these photo shoots and if we don't vibe at those photo shoots i never contact them ever again so <laughs> wow mm. so when you invite them that's kind of your networking you. opportunity that's my networking yeah, opportunity. Network, I use it as a networking opportunity yeah, I love that. But see, the yes. thing, the thing about it is, and this is not to put anybody down in Detroit because I'm from Detroit, so everybody mm -hmm. there, they're talented people. But a lot of times, people don't know how to network when they go mm -hmm. to events like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's one thing that always lacks sometimes in Detroit. Like when people have events like that, it's kind of like, uh, I'm doing my own thing. I don't, I don't want to combine with you. So yeah, I'm all and, about. And, um, instead of competition, collaboration. So right. if you're not trying to collaborate, um, gotta go bye <laughs> right right and, right and gary you brought up a good point they don't know how so what if they do have this amazing product this amazing personality but when they meet alexis it's like eh, you know maybe I for can't. whatever reason they didn't vibe that's or for whatever right. reason they didn't ask the right questions and things like that and again that's why it's so important for us to in my opinion be the mentor of people like that because mm -hmm. you can't let you know um you can't let misinformation affect your future or not, not maybe not even misinformation, just information that you don't have um, affect mm -hmm. your future. You have to make sure that you're getting that type of um, mentorship so that when you do have, you know, CEOs like Alexis approaching you, you know what to say and you're not freezing. Right. You have that, what do they call it? That five minute elevator um, pitch or, you know, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? Elevator? I don't know. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about though. You meet somebody and you need to let them know right away, hey, this is what I'm about. You sell yourself within those five minutes. Um and I it's think that all, that's something for me, I would say just with even with my promotional shoes, like we're I the reason why I say it's all about personality because we're dealing with people. If you can't deal with little me, like how can you deal with 150 plus people? So yeah. if you're not a people person, then wedding, the wedding and event industry is just not the event for you. That's just my personal opinion. And then especially with yeah. weddings, like I'm there 12 plus hours a day. Like I need to connect with you like on some type of level. I need to connect with my brides and my grooms on some type of level. So it's not no diss to anyone, but I just say like, you have to have some sort of personality. Like I'm a bubbly person, but then like I can read people really well. Like I can tell like when they're not, it's 
it's a it's a it's different levels so there are people who have social anxiety per se and i can read mm -hmm. that type of person but when someone is like really like oh my gosh like I can just no, tell those yeah. people too. Yeah. So it's it's not like those people, the social anxiety people I don't deal with. It's just like the nasty people I don't I can't deal with that. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's a whole different thing in itself. If you're nasty, if you're rude, then I don't think you need training. You just need to get out of the industry. Garrett, what are you looking at me like that for? Oh <laughs> I was just looking at I was just looking at something on my phone. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I bet. I am nice. Speaking of that, what she said about... Wait, 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 Jay. You said yeah. Tanya is what? Nice. She was my boss. She was my first boss. Thank <laughs> you. Tanya, what people did you want? We have some... We have some I'm many. like, wait, oh, yo. We got so many comments. She was Too nice many. to you? Yes. Garrett, oh. <laughs> was I not nice to you? No, you were not nice to me. So I think that you have a problem with men. But anyway, we'll say that for we'll say that for another. <laughs> well, that's another episode. I had another one more episode. question I wanted to ask Alexis, and this just yes. because I've heard horror stories. Have you had an experience with a bridezilla yet? Um, I think they're all bridezillas, and in, in a in a <laughs> no, not in like a oh my gosh, like girl. <laughs> Child. I want they just, this. I want they, that. They're you gotta, you gotta think like these brides. Like, I have one wedding next year. Their budget is fifty five thousand dollars. They have very, very high expectations. Nice. So it's like they're gonna. Most of them are cool, but they do have their little side. Like, eh. I'm like, oh my gosh, but yeah. How do you deal um, with that though? Like, let's just say in, in a scenario, how do you deal with that? Like, if you get a bride that just like nothing you do seems to be right, letting you do satisfies her, and she's just getting on your nerves, your last nerves, but she's paying good money. How do you do? I just deal with her. I just deal with her on my own time. Like now, I had a really, really bad Zilla. She, she's the dot, dot, dot queen. So every time she says something, it's like dot, dot, dot. I'm like, okay, what is it? So I had, now my phone is on, do not disturb. Like I deal with you. My, you cannot talk to me past a certain time. You only yes. meet with me on these days. So I've set boundaries with people now. So when I first started off, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to have a client. I got to have a client. But now I, even when people pick and choose me, I pick and choose who are my clients too. That's why I do consultations. I That's why. That. And, and I and I learn who I'm working with. So I, I, I've been, this year I've been pretty good at who I'm picking as far as my client. But my first year I've had some, some wild stuff happen to me, but yeah, I've learned. Have, Alexis, <laughs> have, have you ever, have you ever had to say no to a client? Um, no, not yet. I, okay. I had one last year, which is actually today is the one year anniversary for that. But I had one client where I should have said no to and they end up, um, they end up, um, <laughs> they end up taking some money on my PayPal account. They said that I never showed up to the event in my gut feeling. I oh. knew that I wasn't supposed to take them as a client, but I took them anyway. Again, I was like, Pokemon, I got to catch them all. I got to get everyone. But no. Yeah. So after her, she was my last client where I just like, I can't do this anymore. I got to really pick somebody who, but I do have some people who come to me like, I got a wedding for 5,000. What can you do with that? Not my client. So can't do that. Yeah. I don't do anything un under um, my client. 25,000. <laughs> no, okay. you have to no, I no, I sound like a sassy person. No, I am not a sassy no, person. No, 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 no. I didn't mean it. No, I didn't mean it like she that. She was like, remember, not my like, client. <laughs> remember, I have been, I, I've been watching her. We, you know, we've been friends and things, and we're Facebook friends. So I, I see some of the things she goes through. So I remember when she was, you know, taking any wedding or when she would maybe vent and things ones. like that. You know, and now for her to say like, yeah, that five thousand dollars, no, I'm not dealing with that. I'm I not. That's stressful. Like that. Yeah. I can hear Alexis now. <laughs> I can hear her now saying, "A good what, your, your name of your company is a good wedding planner. I mean, a good event planner, right? Event planner. A good event planner. Yes. Yeah, when they give her five thousand, uh, here's a number to. Uh, all right, event planner. <laughs> I do. No, I don't do it that way. But I do say I'm the person for you. But here's a person who may be able to help you. So that's how I do it that way. So I don't leave. That's that's, that's what's up. For, that for is. Me, per se, I use I use that opportunity to educate them. I always say that educate the client to let them. Right. Know Five thousand dollars won't work out. You're inviting three hundred people to a ten thousand. That's not going to work out for you. Your food is going to eat that up right away. So I use that opportunity to educate my clients or my potential clients to let them yeah. know why that won't work out. So 
I'm not. Like, that's amazing. I didn't get any food at Tanya's wedding. I just got some chicken. <laughs> you said what? You know what? You had now, food. <laughs> Wait, you said you I got don't... some. No, Tanya had that wedding. Was you said at Tanya's wedding? I wasn't invited. Oh, was was there a reception after your wedding, Tanya? You know that there was a reception. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't get an invite. Really? Sang, I sang at your wedding and got chicken wings. But anyway, that's for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever much that costs. Any, <laughs> anyways, um, let's skip that part. Um, <laughs> Alexis, um, oh, now you made me forget my question, and it was a good one. Um, was it now? Shoot. Well, okay, two last questions. First of all, do you guys have any other questions for her? No, I'm no, good. I'm good. Okay, I, I have two. Me too. Like, that's why I still have questions. Look, so I, I got my more. ring light and everything, y'all. Y'all got me. <laughs> oh, no. That's good. I love the lighting, too. It, it, it displays good on camera. But, I okay, love. so two questions. <laughs> two questions. I remember um, uh, for my wedding how stressed out I was, and I don't want, I was so stressed out. I just didn't want anything to do with anything. Set up, Garrett. And I had lost friends. Um, it was just a, it was a lot going on, a lot of stress. What advice do you give to the bride as a wedding planner um, to get through this? Do you warn them? Do you? And I don't know if you you should like necessarily come at a bride with a warning, but how, you know this stuff. You know you've been married. You've had your wedding. You've planned your wedding. You know what could happen during the weddings. You know the ups and downs and things like that. What advice do you give your bride um, in that aspect? The first um, advice I give them is make sure you give your bride, your bridesmaids a budget because that's the main issue. People don't like to spend money for you. So I always tell them like, hey, like make sure you just lay it out on the track. Like, hey, this is going to cost you X amount of dollars to participate in this. And if you have to let some people go, like just let it go because eventually they'll come either come back around or they weren't meant to be in your life. So I do most not most of the time, 100% of the time, I have brides who go through stress just along with their bridesmaids. So I always tell myself, like, as a wedding planner, I'm more than a wedding planner. I'm a counselor. I'm a bartender, the bouncer. So I'm literally there from beginning to end. So I just let them know the main thing is to let your bridesmaids know what they're going to spend. Because for some reason, they act super surprised. Like, I got to pay what? How much? Like, let them know, like, to be part of this, you got to spend this dollar amount. So... Okay. Wait, I got a question. Like, yes, yes. Uh -oh. <laughs> I got a question. So the bridesmaids pay for their own stuff? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I just, it's I their way that. to shower. I always say it's the way to, you don't want them to like pay for like, I don't know, like it's certain things I wish I would have had my brides. I wish I would have paid for for my brides, but like Stuff like the bridal shower, they gotta pay for. They should be paying for the bridal shower. They should be paying okay. for their dress, their makeup, their hair, accessories. Oh, okay. Maybe you can get them like accessories on the side, but they should be spending oh. some money. Gotcha. Now I, 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 I learned something gotcha. new. But <laughs> if you have, okay, if you have maybe a wealthy client though, maybe they would pay for their makeup and bridal. accessories. Yeah, you know, so yeah, so maybe it varies. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. It varies, um, but for the yeah. most part, they should be willing to pay for their dress at least. Yeah. Um, really okay. quick, what advice do you give a small business owner, someone who has been thinking about event planning, maybe wedding planning, um, or I'm sorry, you're a wedding planner, so an event planner, right? Okay. Yes, what yes. advice do, would you give an event planner or wedding planner um, that's up and coming? Up and coming. Just in general, don't look for support in a in a way like I, when I first started I was like please support me please support me promote me promote me like your consistency will build a tribe itself like literally like even like my own mom really didn't even support me in the beginning but now she's supporting me but my consistency people see me posting a lot people seeing that I'm really passionate about it that's what built my tribe like my tribe is people who I don't know so I would just mm. tell them just to be consistent in whatever you do have a passion for it um yeah, that's the main thing. Just be consistent with it. Like, if I just stop posting today and stop talking about it, people might, like, oh, I guess that was just the thing she was doing. So you got to really yep. tell people that you're consistent about it and you, you have a passion for it, for sure. 
So I would just tell people, you know, just be always willing to learn because like this industry is always changing all the time. Um, just, yeah, be an open book, be willing to learn. Don't act like a know-it-all because you're not a know-it-all. And like I said, it's the times are always changing. Be 10 steps ahead, especially here in Detroit. Like you really gotta be 10 steps ahead. I'm already looking at stuff in Florida and Georgia all the time. So wow. I keep up with the new stuff because they down there, they're ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, when you say stay 10 steps ahead, what exactly are you meaning by that so they can understand? When I say just keep up with the new stuff, like know the names of stuff. If a client comes up to you, like what kind of chair is this? Don't, like, oh, I don't Got know. It. Let's look it up together. Like I'm literally like studying this to like one in the morning, looking at Pinterest boards, looking at Instagram, studying people from down south. What are they doing down there? What do we need to do up here to be different, to be in the in in the news so um that's what i mean wow. by team, 10 steps ahead just keep studying and studying it like all the time you got to study your craft i don't want to when i get older and in my 40s and 50s i don't want to be that person like oh what, what's going on what is what these new kids doing like you really gotta <laughs> keep up <laughs> keep up with it like don't don't fall behind yeah okay that makes sense that makes a lot of sense well, thank you so, so very much, Alexis, for joining us. I definitely had fun. You definitely me taught me a lot. Um, so it was, it was a great. Have a wonderful day. Again, um, everyone, everything will be below this video. Um, so if you need a wedding planner or event planner, as you guys can see, she has done her homework. She's done the footwork. I've been a personal witness to her growth. Um, and she's literally, she's definitely put in the work, very educated Thank about you. this Thank industry. You so, so <laughs> yeah, please use her. Definitely go to her blog. Um, what's the blog? Black and More Bridal. <laughs> Black and More Bridal, if you need inspiration or anything. So she's still kind of, you know, giving you some free information anyways with the blog. But if you're yes. seriously looking for a planner, um, again, it's a good Event planner, yes. A good event planner.com. AG, that's me. <laughs> yep. I, like <laughs> I like it too. So, thank you again, Alexis. It was great talking to you. Have a right. wonderful right. day and good luck. And, you know, with everything, I'm so thank proud you. of you. Thank you. All right, you guys. Nice bye. You, Alexis. Bye. Bye. Um, so, I would love to dedicate this show, honestly, to. Um, the memory of, of a young man that had a bright Hollywood career that got cut short due to cancer. And I'm pretty sure everybody's heard of it, Chad, um, Chadwick Boseman. Um, phenomenal actor, exactly. I've, I've seen quite a few of his films. Um, and of course, he's most notable for playing Black Panther in the Marvel Universe. And he passed away on the 28th, um, battling with cancer. And the crazy thing about it is, man, this man was so humble that he never really you never knew he was battling cancer because he never made it a public issue. Um, when he'd show up on set, you know, nobody knew anything. But even when he was filming Black Panther, he was going through chemo and everything. And then, you know, people started teasing about the amount of weight he was losing, saying he was looking like a crackhead. And he took all that gracefully. So I'm pretty sure when people find out he had cancer and died, all those that teased him should feel like idiots right about now, feel horrible. Because, you know, the man was graceful in what he did. So I just wanted to recognize that, you know, we lost an icon. 2020 has been a hell of a year. We have lost some people in 2020, serious icons in 2020, you know, and mm -hmm. no exception. Um, Absolutely. And he, I, I, you know, the fact that nobody knew about it, and like you said, how humble he was. Um, and there, you know, there were rumors with the weight loss and things. And um, I just thought he was getting ready for a movie role. I didn't even think anything of it. Um, and you know, unfortunately it was, it was something a lot more serious and he was just, you know, I never watched Marvel or anything like that, but it was the Black Panther that, uh, that was my first Marvel movie that I watched. And from then on, I'm like, well, where did he come from? And how did this happen? And where, and so then it's like, okay, I got to watch the one before this. And then I got to watch the one before that. And the Black Panther is where I watched all of the Marvel movies. That's where yeah. I, it started. Um, but he, what he brought to that character and the inspiration that he brought to, um, you know, young black boys and just black people, period, um, is just, is just amazing. 
in itself. And the fact that he was so humble throughout all of this, he didn't want people to remember him for being sick. And he didn't want people to treat him differently, obviously. Um, but instead, he continued to put in work, work. I mean, he did some amazing films while he was dealing with this. He still visited sick children who was um, in their own fight with cancer, not knowing that he was just like them in his own fight. And he still remained humble, took the tension away from himself and you know, placed it upon those children. And I just think that that is amazing, amazing in itself. Um, and there's not too many people out there like that. And I, I thank him for everything that he brought to the film or to the big screen, every um, emotion that he brought to people, but especially black people. For a lot of us, I know for me, that was the first time where I actually, you know, it, 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 I kind of remembered like, oh, we're not just, you know, slavery. That's not all of our history. We were royalty, you know, at some point. And at, you know, like just the whole Wakanda, everything, yep. just that amazing feeling is a feeling um, that I'll never forget. And I'm sure that it's a feeling a lot of young people and uh, you guys as well would never forget. Um, so I thank him for that. And um, I hope that he rests in paradise. Enjoy the rest. I think also that um, while he has played iconic roles that we also have to remember that he broke a lot of barriers, you know, yeah. um, for yeah. African-American men, because, you know, most mm -hmm. African-American roles, as you were stating, you know, outside of slavery, either goes from one dynamic to the next. So it's either yes. we're playing slave roles or we're playing gangster roles. And, you know, yes. never to take anything away from Denzel Washington, but I felt like it took Denzel Washington to step out of his character for training day for him to get, yeah. what was it, a Golden Globe or Oscar or whatever. It was an be. Oscar. Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt like he's done better work than this that should have been given an Oscar, but it took that role there for him to get it. Um, and, and once again, I'm not taking anything away from Denzel Washington. Um, Absolutely. But, but Chadwick definitely played some roles, you know, for, yes. as far as like James Brown, that was an oh, iconic yeah. that was the film. First film I saw him in was James yep. Brown, and, and that, that same here. And for me, it made me intrigued to be like, who the heck is this actor? That yes. you know, whatever, whatever. So that's what it made me start start to like follow him a little more. And his yep. story, um, you know, as I've been watching watching things over the uh. um, over the course of this week, his story is kind of a little bit like breathtaking a little bit. There's even a oh point in time gosh. when when Denzel Washington actually um, paid for um, some of his tuition or something Tui like that. Yeah, for his training, yeah. I read about that. Yeah, and Denzel yeah. Washington did learn. I mean, Denzel Washington knew that he had given to someone. Um, and from what I, the story I hear, Felicia right. Rashad was teaching a class right. at Howard University once a week, I believe. And mm -hmm. um, she wanted him to go into this program and um, he couldn't afford it, so she reached out to Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington happily paid, but later on, he found out that it was um, Chadwick and he, that he was the one that he had given this to, you know, the Black Panther. And man, like that was just amazing. And another story, Gary, that I had read um, was Angela Bassett when she was receiving an award. I can't remember which award it was, but Chadwick was the per she visited. Oh, no, I remember now. She was uh, receiving her honorary degree from Howard, and Chadwick is the one who was her host during that time and showed her around campus and things like that. And when she was going up there to receive that award, he said, "That was me. You know, I was your host. I was, I was with you that day." Right. She, you know, she remembered, and it was just a great moment. But when you talk about, you know, breathtaking, oh my gosh, I looked at it as it was divine. His whole entire life was mm -hmm. just. You know, his steps were ordered. And although we look at it as being cut short, I think that he did exactly what he was supposed to do while he was on this earth. And it, it, made, made, it made me rethink, not rethink, but it definitely made me think about time, especially in the time that we're in mm -hmm. now. Time is definitely of the essence. Look at all the things he's done. Look, let's even go back to, let's look at all the things he's done in the last four years. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. 
So that definitely, that's definitely motivated me. Um, you know, thank God, you know, there's no, I'm in good health and we're in good health. So that should definitely be Amen. an encouragement to, to say, not just to us, to, to, to the black culture, hey, this guy that was sick with colon cancer still did this, he did that, he was still giving to these people, he gave an award away to somebody, you know, whatever, whatever, he still tried to live his life to the fullest, you know, um, so yeah. therefore we have no excuse, um, in my opinion, not to do even greater than what he has. Right. Absolutely. And what I've read about colon I'm sorry, James. No, go ahead. But what I've read what I've read about colon cancer um is that it is one of the hardest cancers to cure. And when he found out he was already in stage three, um, and stage three is, is already gotten to the lip noise when it comes to colon cancer. And I'm sure that his prognosis probably wasn't good from the beginning. And he still put forth his best efforts throughout the rest of his life that he had remaining. Um, and that, it just showed, you know, his character because not many people could do that. You know, I, I can't, you know, I, not many people would do that. They, you know, to, to just say, hey, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to get sad. I'm going to get married. I'm going to do more movies. I'm going to take on more iconic roles and uh, make history. You know, he did all of that knowing what may happen. Yeah, you're right. You know, and on that note, um, you know, I'm going to say, you know, our, our prayers and our thoughts, you know, from yes. here, everybody here talking with Tony goes out to Chadwick Bozeman and his family, you know, may you rest in peace. And I do this in honor of you, King Bozeman. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. Um... Well, on a lighter note, guys, um, did you guys watch the Brandy and Monica versus yes. the battle? Yes. <laughs> did you watch it? <laughs> I did. I did not watch the whole thing because I was missing it in the beginning. But when I see you guys' text, I'm like, oh, let me turn it on. But Oh, oh so wait a minute. So You're awesome. supposed to keep up with celebrity stuff and you didn't. Uh... <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> Go ahead, Tanya. <laughs> Yes, it slipped my mind, but I did watch it, and it was so amazing to see two icons, um, you know, that I grew up listening to and watching, you know, get on stage and just dominate and remind us of all the hits that they, you know, had made um, in the 90s and even now. Um, it was then amazing. they have some hits. Oh, my gosh. Can you look, can you look I, up that list? I, can you I was, look up that list? Uh, I was, I was up till about eleven thirty. Like, okay, now nah. <laughs> wrap the this up. Is, the thing is, they didn't even get to all their hits. I know. Um, well, I know personally, Brandy didn't because I know she didn't sing in my room. Or is it? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Shouldn't in have been my, my room. Mm -hmm. yeah, yes, that, I love that song. And she, you know, she. I know she didn't even hit on that. So I'm sure it's some songs that they that they missed. So they still have hits, and they just. They did excellent. And Garrett, I know we kind of talked about her being a vocal viable and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I respected it. I respected other people's opinions, but from there, that was a reminder, like, wait a minute, this is Brandy that we're talking about, okay? And, you know, you can really see her vocal range and how she's even grown to this day. I think that her vocals are even better today than they've ever been. Um, yeah, so it was, it was, it was amazing, man. And the thing that I was so proud of is you guys know the the, the drama that kind of happened between them. It's been yeah, around yeah. forever. It's been around for a little bit, but <sighs> I think that I think that with I, this is something that the culture needed. We needed this. Yes. Um, I think that it was a perfect time for you have two heavyweights because I'm not man. I'm not Team Brandy, Team Monica. I'm both of them. Right, me neither. I, I love both. I think that both of them were in the same era, but it's two different veins. You know what I'm right. saying? Mm -hmm. Like Monica gave you, um, she gave you that romance too, but Monica, Monica is a thug. She's a yeah. thug. <laughs> she gave it to you raw. She, yeah, yes. she ain't playing. Right. You, you know, it's funny. You know who I compare those two? Uh, when, you, when you think Monica and Brandy, the other is two iconic um, boy band groups that you kind of put in that category, Jodeci and Boys to Men. That's yeah, yeah, 
Yes, exactly. Jo- it was around Jonathan. the same time. <laughs> yeah. So Josie gonna give it to you raw, baby. They gonna give it to you raw. They take it off the shirt. They give you that growl and everything yep. else. Boys to men, bad too. But they were more so kind of sultry, smooth. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. exactly. And exactly. that's how I looked yep. at Brandy and Monica. Monica got that. Rough, like she said, kick down the door. Right, right. <laughs> yes. I was like, man, yes. <laughs> she is, and you know, they, but I love it. it. It was it was just seeing everything, and they kind of joked with the dynamics of the two. You know, like um, I know mm-hmm. with Brandy, she had made some comments like. When she did, when Monica did that kick, Brandy is like, oh, yeah, that definitely used to be you. And then, you know, yeah, then Monica said some, you know, some stuff. But I think it was, you know, then you got the the fans doing what they've always done and trying to pit them against each other again. But I think that they know now. Like, they've gotten the experience. They're grown-ass women. And I think that they just – it was fun. It was fun. They can joke like that. They know each other, obviously. Um, And I just think it was was a good time. It really was. And like you said, I think that it was needed for the culture – and you know, despite their differences, I know that they were saying they had a conversation before this. Um, and I think that they just kind of laid everything out. Um, and who knows what happens in the middle of this? I know it was a lot of ups and downs, and it was a fight yeah. that was rumored and they've admitted to. Um, but even despite all of that, you know, they were mature about everything, got in front of the camera, did it for the culture, did it for their fans. Um, and they made it happen and they broke. The, the versus battle record. So they have had the highest number of viewers yep. since yep. the versus started. And that, that not, says a lot in itself. I mean, that's just amazing. Amazing. Not only that, they, they've been hitting on Billboard. Brand new yes. album is number one. Monica dropped a new single that night. Yes. That's number yes. two. And then all of their, basically the entire catalog is taking over. Wait, um, Brandy is number one? Brandy, Brandy's album is number one. Monica's single is number two on the billboards. Wow. And, okay. um, and all the music from their catalog, the albums and stuff is completely taken over billboard right now. Oh, wow. Are so, you serious? Yeah, I so it's definitely, a, it's definitely an iconic night. They actually, the merchandise and stuff that they were selling that night, they raised like 32, I think they said not raised, but I think they got 32,000 people to sign up and vote and things. So I think no, right. overall... Wow. It was a positive experience, and what a lot of people don't know, and yeah. this, this that the music industry has a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, you know. So uh-huh. I don't, I don't ever think that they really had a dislike for each other. It was just so much going on with politics and things like that with the boys' mind song. And at right. the end of the day, like I told you the last time, mm-hmm. they only got a Grammy together. Right. So, only one Grammy it. together, yes. Right. Only it. one Grammy together. And yep. then also listening to that catalog should have let you know they both bad as hell. You know yes. what I'm saying? She got yes. a catalog. I mean, Brandy got a catalog that's extensive. Monica got a catalog that's extensive. Yes, because they you were like hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. Yes. Yeah, they some were both songs amazing. I, some songs I ain't even forgot about. So you know Me um, too. I, I think that it was it was it was it was it was good for me. I'm I'm still. I had to go back and pull up some old albums and was in here singing. Oh yes, I pulled up the whole. You know, title they have the whole battle every time a versus battle was done. They have the whole lineup, mm-hmm. so I definitely listened to it. Listened to both playlists. It was it was great. And then they had you know um, the future vice president on there Kamala yeah, Harris, Kamala Harris so, oh yeah yeah that was yeah. great that was yeah that, that, was, that was that was and then Bray J was there you know um cheering his sister on they showed some some of the stuff going on backstage and her daughter was there and Monica's people was there so it was I think it was really good really positive um they were laughing and joking afterwards so whatever kind of jokes they had on that stage Obviously, it was all funny games, and um, yeah, I'm hearing rumors of a tour, which I hope that they do. That that'll be really hot because they've never toured together, right? Uh, no, they no. haven't. I remember I they were. There was a rumor of a tour when Monica came out with their the duet that they did like a couple years ago. In 2012, uh, yeah, the follow up to the right. boys and mine. The what what was that called? Um, you know, it all belongs to me. It all belongs yeah. to me. You yeah. know how much money? You know how much money those two young ladies would make if they did a tour right now? I don't oh, care. Oh man, I can hate you, but looking yeah. at that paycheck, 
Well, I, this is my best friend. Because <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it's sad. Yes, and I hope that they do get together, and I have faith that they will. But because why? Why are we always pitted against each other? Um, and especially this happens with black people. You have Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. You have Brandy and Monica. You have Whitney and Mariah. You have um, Fifty and Jaru. Yeah, this can go on forever, <laughs> literally. You know, it just seems like when you have two heavy hitters and they they're in the same genre, they both, you know, they no, they're put they're pitted against each other to dislike each other. Why no. they didn't do that? They didn't do that with um, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Yes, they, they did. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They did not give Christina Aguilera the just do that she freaking deserved. Yeah. No, they didn't. They didn't. She but leave. that doesn't mean she got Britney a voice. Spears. They did they, put her they, against, say, they said that Britney Spears was the better artist. Nicki uh, Minaj yeah. and Little Kim. That's that, another one. That, that's nothing that was started that's because, yeah. because of the fans. That was started or because no or the industry respect right. wasn't given so yeah. we have to make sure that we identify the things that you know the industry gonna do what they're gonna do to make money as well you know what i'm saying now you say respect wasn't given but Nicki minaj definitely um she definitely thanked um little kim Nick, and she said Nicki that minaj, little kim no was no, inspiration she did yes not, she did. not in the be not in the beginning no she did not in the beginning in the beginning, she copied. Now, she came out copying a lot of the stuff that Little Kim did. And I'm not taking anything away from Nicki Minaj. I don't think, I think that she's, she's great copied. Artist. You can't, okay, I get what you're saying. Maybe the wig thing, uh, but she never said, like, everybody know Little Kim started out with that. I don't think Nicki Minaj is trying to copy anything. That was an influence. You can't but just. the beef was about not showing respect or giving right. respect. That's what the beef was about. I'm gonna be honest. Nicki Minaj definitely came in and showed these women how she to did. turn no, I'm wait, not even, how to turn uh, rap how to turn rap into a brand into I'm a brand taking, that I'm makes not taking, money. I'm not taking anything away from Nicki Minaj. I never said she did not. What I am saying is the respect thing. Okay, then let riddle me this then, Riddler. Why is she into it with Cardi B then? Because she feel the same damn way. That she little felt like Cardi B took cuss down. Nope. Yeah. nope. Don't tell yeah, I mean, I followed nope. it. I, I'm be honest. I, was, listen, I was one of the first ones to play Cardi B on the radio station, when, on my independent station. And I noticed the similarity. Even when Cardi B came out with um, um, Bodak Yellow, come on, man. That was to all me? the same that Nicki Minaj. <laughs> No, Cardi B does not sound like Nicki. I don't think no, she's she don't sound like her like now Nikki. because she's found her own way. But when she but came out, she took a yeah. lot of influence from Nicki Minaj. Like Nicki Minaj took a lot of influence from Lil' Kim when she first came out. They all were influenced by each other. There's nothing wrong with influence, but I don't think Cardi, I don't even think you compared it to. I think that no, she can't even, I love Cardi, by the way, before I say this, um, but uh, you know she's admitting oh, so that's writing so, her own lyrics and things. But Nikki, oh, so you're nothing she can do. No, 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 no. It's nothing that Cardi can do with Nikki lyrically. Bias. We all know that. That's not bias. We all know that. Um, she writes. She takes her time. She writes her lyrics, things like that. Who? So, who? I know wait, 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 wait. Nikki, wait. Who writes? Nikki, who writes her own lyrics? Nikki Minaj. That hasn't been confirmed. See, you're biased because is no, no, you no, no, are biased. I, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Let me go on your Instagram no, and see how no, many pictures of Nikki no, you like no, and no, how no. many pictures of Cardi you like. I don't like none of them. I don't like. I don't do all that because I respect them as artists. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Nikki, but what I'm saying it, is no, that, no, 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 no. Let me finish what I'm saying. What no, I'm saying is this: that Nikki got a bad go. catalog. Okay. Cardi has a, well, she don't have a catalog, but she got some bad, bad features in an album, and I think that's good. However, you can see that Nicki's style has changed. Now, it has not been confirmed that she writes her own stuff. Now, I can tell the stuff that she's written. But she said it. She said it. And, she and said Cardi what? Said she writes her own stuff, and Cardi has said that she does not write her all of her own no, stuff. No, because for a minute this they were saying, they were saying Safari was writing her stuff. Yeah, I and heard he that said too. No, and he came out and said that he, he, she, he never did. You, you think that? So why you are think you two? Talk, 
Listen, you think listen, that they really gonna Cardi, they gonna really discredit her listen, like that? Come on now. If Cardi B, all we can do is take facts. Cardi B said, "I don't okay. write all my stuff because she okay. thinks she wants to make good music." Okay. Nikki said, James. "I write all my stuff." Those okay, are facts. that's that. That's fine, James. Yeah. No, Cardi, not Cardi. Nicki Minaj came out when? What year? In what year? Did she really come out? Uh, was that like two thousand? Two thousand and what was it like? Eight? Like eight nine? Yeah, eight Probably. nine, somewhere around there. Okay. Now her style then compared to her style now, as an artist and as a producer, isn't there differences in her writing style and her music oh, style from then to now? By far. Which would oh. which would lead you to believe what? She had a ghostwriter. Thank you. Oh my God, a whole ghostwriter. <laughs> You're not even gonna say she had some help or something. Well, I'm gonna okay, tell you. Anyways. Okay, I'll put like this. You're gonna a, say a whole ghostwriter. Wait, wait. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why I say that. We're talking about men. Wait a minute. No, no, no. no. It's so no, many that got ghostwriters. Wait, wait, wait. I'm talking about right here. We're talking about two black women. This is not about men and women. This is not about men or women. Y'all would not be about men or women. This is exactly what I'm talking about. No, we're just talking about. I'm gonna name. I'm gonna name some. I'm gonna name some people for you that you don't know that wrote for other men. Dr. Drake. Mm. Majority of his lyrics were written by. Yeah, because he's a right. He's a producer. But let's but talk about wait, 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 wait. Jay Z. Jay Z even said he didn't wrote for other artists. Missy okay. Elliott. Missy Elliott said that she didn't wrote for other rappers that she will not name. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of even Drake, believe it or not, Drake then had some ghostwriters. He ain't, I, I get that. I get that. Drake didn't so have a cool ghostwriter. He this. had some. He had some help. Everybody yeah. has help. But Nicki Minaj, you guys are not going to take this away from her. That she not does not write her I'm own not, lyrics. I'm not taking it away from her. All I'm saying is she. Okay, and I'm she does. not biased. I like Cardi. I like Nicki. You gonna now, let me finish, or you gonna keep on? <laughs> go ahead. You know what? Forget it. Cause I'm gonna cut you to the phone and choke you. <laughs> Hey, we have about nine minutes left on the show. How much? Nine minutes. Nine. Shoot. Okay, Garrett. Go. We could talk about about my thing next week. No, we need to talk about this now, y'all, because this is the perfect time to bring it up since y'all pitted two black women against each other like you are. Go ahead and go show time. You were just talking about ghost writers. Anytime something got to know, anytime something got to do well, where's the respect for the black women? All I'm saying is, writing style is definitely different in from 2008 to what it is now. Period. She don't sound the same. You can play a song right now and one from back. You look at 444 compared to what his first album was, what does that tell you? He has growth. Yeah, he has growth, but he still fundamentally sounds the same. He, he fundamentally made, sounds the same as far as like the rhyme goes. Rhyme style. I know, know, like, maybe I know Jay Z write his own stuff, as, and I know as far as, girl, as, far as, as far yeah, as what he talks about may be different though. from what he talked about back then, but his style is fundamentally the same. Exactly. Nicki Minaj's style has changed. That I know for Bye. a fact. Fine. Just like anyway, Cardi B. So, Cardi B style, like you said, when she, she first started, I can tell the rhymes when she wrote she for herself. She albums. Yeah, to versus what album. she has now. Huh? For what? And guess what? Every song on that album is a hit. And they you still play You're biased. You are so I'm not, biased. I'm not biased, though. I'm, anyway. I've got Cardi B stuff and Nicki shit. Yeah, okay. Speaking okay, of all right. You know what? I'm going to throw something in the loop. Garrett, what's your topic? <laughs> What's my topic? Don't cut me off. Just don't, just don't cut me slap off. Just, that's all right. James. 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 She got mad now. Now I get on my nerves. She's like, Gary, go to your topic. Well, fine. Yes, a master. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, but my topic um, kind of goes in line with this, actually, since we've been talking about music and the industry and things. Um, but it talks, it, there was a TED talk that was on, um, I believe this week, and it was kind of circling Instagram, but it talks about how black murder is used as a marketing strategy 
at how mm -hmm. the um, African-American culture can be sexualized, like hyper-sexualized and like over-criminalized. And so he gave an example, um, the speaker did, he gave an example. So he was like, I'm with a group of, um, not record execs, but radio execs. And, you know, I, I gave them a couple of questions. Like if I have a hundred songs, I have a hundred songs that um, talk about killing animals. I have, would you play this? And they're like, oh, absolutely not. I have a hundred songs that talk about, you know, assaulting women or abusing children. Would you play that? And they're like, oh, absolutely not. Then he says, I have a hundred songs that talk about murdering blacks. Would you put it on your station? And they said, it depends. And so he's like, well, what makes this different? So he said mm -hmm. that it depends on who it's done by and what's it branded for. Um, because if we can get black people to sing this, um, and we can brand it to our youngest black audience. There's money to be made with this. So he says all this to say that, you know, Americans have an appetite, meaning like outside of the black culture, they have an appetite to see this culture in that type of light. Right. And so he was like, what, what is this like type of mindset? Like, why, why would you say this? And so they basically were like, you know, the survey says that this is what we want to see. This is what we want to hear. Um, and, you know, it's about what the artist knows and what they're creating. And so then he's like, you know, we're celebrating a song that talks about murdering someone. You know, what about right. your brand? What about your values? You know, what about the name? And so they're like, oh, well, you know, um, as a radio company, we're basically, we've done our part. You know, we, we know that we have drug dealers, we have murderers and things that we're playing on the radio or that's, on, that's part of our record label or whatever the case may be. But, you know, we get a black charity. We give water at a Martin Luther King parade. Um, you know, we're pretty much covered. You know, we basically have bought them off. That's mm. what the statement was. Mm -hmm. So then um, he goes further on to talk about censorship. So he said, you know, we're not talking about censorship because, you know, that's, that's the radio or the, the corporate way of saying, oh, you're basically saying we can't, have freedom of speech or whatever. And he's right. like, you know, I'm not, not talking about censorship, but I'm talking about the American culture of hypocrisy. Right. You know, so that, that, that's where he went with that, that, you know, we, we can't just create, when I mean we, African-Americans um, culture, can't just create music um, in any vein. You know, we have boundaries to the things that we can create. An example mm -hmm. of that, that um, Rick Ross, so Rick Rocks was spokesperson for Reebok, okay? Reebok hired him to be what's called black bait. So they want to get their numbers up for black people to buy whatever, whatever they're trying to sell, so they use Rick Ross. He had a song right. associated with, with Reebok. In this song, he had one line that was associated with date rape. That one, that one line in that song caused him to get fired from Reebok. Um, caused many people to write letters to Reebok. Reebok's president came out and said, this goes against our values and, and blah, 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 blah. But what was the problem? Because he went outside of those boundaries and guidelines. Yeah, right, yeah. uh -huh. If he would have like, wow. kept saying his, like his, his favorite words, I'm a nigga, pure nigga, they'll play that. Right. He called wow. himself a nigga. <laughs> exactly. But now you so just say you're going to be a day rape, but that's too far. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's what far. they said. That's too far. He, he no longer was using the black bait anymore for what he was hired for. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, oh, because you didn't do what we supposed to do, oh, we got we to gotta cut you go. But the, the, what I liked about this, this um, TED talk was basically, he was like, it's not that the African-American culture needs to change. He said, we need to change because we've created the lines and the boundaries um, because we own the record company, we own the radio station, we own the TV network, you know, all these different things. And basically, and I, I'm going to sum this up, basically the reason that Black Lives Matter <laughs> is such a big deal for us, but not for them, is because Black murders have been normalized. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like, so, I mean, if you think about it, Kanye, it does. Said, it, it does. Kanye said it on his thing. If I, you know, if I talk about God and Jesus, I don't get played. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But if he talks yep. about dumb stuff, they'll play it in a heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? They're, you know, and, and I have a major issue with a lot of rap artists now because, like you, like Garrett said, they glorify killing. They glorify 
murder, rape, all this is all kind of crazy stuff that puts that stigma on young minds that are listening, especially young African American males. They hear yeah. that and think, and they, like you said, it's become normalized, so they believe that. And, they, and, they, and these guys really try to act that part. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think as a black man myself, and as a father, I have a, I have a duty to my community to say, man, we got to wake up and stop believing this stuff is the norm. That is not the norm. Yep, most that definitely. Yeah. Norm. Because these that people that back. are rapping this stuff are not living that life. And if they were, they're definitely not living that life anymore. And you're preaching this to your yeah, community. In the community. Hey, we got and about one minute, guys, before we got to get up out of here. Okay, I'm just going to say this last, this last piece here. You know, I just think that it's a further um, enslavement of the Black mindset, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so we definitely need to think about that as we're saying Black Lives Matter, which they do, you know? But we also need to figure out, understand, not figure out why this is kind of falling on deaf ears across the lines. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that we, that we got to wrap up. Um, I get to close out. So thank you, everybody, for listening to Talking thank with Tiny. Do I look like Tanya when she does?